this week, the Lord really spoke to my heart. Actually, it's been over the last few weeks very, you know, very intensely about, you know, the season that we're in right now as the church. And with this that's going on at the moment and what I believe God is wanting to do, I've been very intentional about ministering messages that are sort of more foundational in the sense that, you know, it's just, it's just real foundational stuff, you know, nothing, nothing out there. However, we have seen an incredible response from that. Many people have gotten saved, baptized, many people have been delivered, and we're very excited and thankful to the Lord for what He's doing. But in the midst of all of this going on, there was one in particular morning that I was praying at home, and you know, with this great excitement, knowing that God is busy doing something new on the earth that is undeniable and confirmed by many, many other pastors that I, that I know speaking to them and just hearing what, 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 they, what they're sensing the Lord doing, there was at the same time an uncomfortableness that came on my heart because it makes you sort of like, Lord, whatever we do right now, I want to make sure that we are aligned as a church exactly the way we need to be for what you're wanting to do on the earth. That uncomfortableness, I remember, I've had that a few times in my ministry. I had it before I planted the church here because I remember, I remember, you know, once the Lord spoke to me about planting the church in Vera Beach and everybody was trying to tell me that it wasn't God. It was actually, it was really, it was unbelievable how, you know, everybody was around me was saying, you know, you need to wait and it's not the time. And I, I couldn't help the way that I, just like, it was so intense I just absolutely knew that it was the Lord. And I remember being in Orlando at a conference and a young man that was with me there, was he was laughing at me as I was sitting in agony because I knew that God had called me to do this work. But I knew I couldn't do it until I had certain confirmations. And the Lord really spoke to us there. But I remember that uncomfortableness. I feel that same uncomfortableness now in the sense that I know that the church has to position itself. We as the body of Christ have to position ourselves for the hour that God has us in right now. Uh, and I don't believe that until we align ourselves correctly, that, that's, that, that, that feeling, that sense of what He's doing or wants to do will leave us, me. And I'm excited and terrified at the same time. So, Without further ado, let's get into the sermon this morning, and I'll show you what the Lord is saying. And I truly believe this is the word of the Lord to us right now. I do hear from Him. I do know Him. And I can tell you now that, you know, God is, is, is really calling us right now. So, Let's go to Exodus 3, verse number 1. My message is entitled, Go, Don't Wait. Go, Don't Wait. Exodus 3, verse number 1. Moses has been removed from Egypt because he killed a man and ran away into the wilderness and ended up getting married. And while he was tending his sheep, just having a normal day, Something happened. Watch this now. Exodus 3, verse number 1. 
Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock back to the back of the desert and came to Herob, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. How many of you would like to have an experience like that? So, you know, you see a bush burning, but the bush doesn't burn, but it's on fire. But it's like, you know, like you want to have that campfire and you, you have to keep adding wood to the fire. This kind of campfire, the, the, you don't need to add anything. Amen. It just keeps burning. So Moses knew, obviously, that he was busy having an encounter that was unusual. Something incredible was busy happening. And Moses said, verse 3, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. And so the Lord saw that Moses, the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, and God called him, called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Let's stop there for a moment. God is having this powerful encounter with Moses. And the presence and the glory of God is right there, right in front of him. To the point where he actually is afraid. It's so overwhelming. It's like, it's like the most powerful encounter. And how many of you believe that Moses from that moment forward was never the same again? In the life of every believer, when we encounter Jesus for the first time, we are also not the same afterwards. At least that's how it's supposed to be. We should be changed. When we encounter Jesus, when we encounter the Lord... And we understand that we now have access to the presence of God, that He comes and He encounters us. And part of the reason why is because He loves you and wants to have relationship and intimacy with you. And we know that Moses did that. Moses, over the years, would spend time with God and draw close to God. In fact, the Bible refers to Moses as a friend of God. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine this week and we were talking about the, the, the level or the intensity of relationship and the things that Moses could do that others could not. You know, the Bible even says this. It says, I speak to my prophets in dark sayings, visions and dreams, but not so with Moses. To Moses, I speak face to face. Moses had this intense, close relationship with God and it was wonderful. And it's an, it's, it's an, it's an, essential part of for every believer in this New Testament time, as I've taught you, I can't go into it this morning, that you have the privilege of having the Holy Spirit and you can go into the presence of God. And so God saves you because He wants to fellowship with you and have communion with you. He wants to meet with you. And it's a beautiful, powerful thing. Just the same way that He met with Moses. In this New Testament time, we can have an intimate relationship with God. We can access the presence of God. It is life-changing, transformational. You should never be the same again because of it. 
But I want to show you something this morning. So God tells him, he says to him in verse 6, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. And now the Lord says something, watch this. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppress them. Come now therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. I want you to understand that God encounters Moses. And I've shared with you the incredible story and journey just a little bit this morning of how Moses grows and experiences the presence of God. But I want you to see that when God encounters Moses this way, there is far more to why he is encountered the Lord and why he's had this this meeting with God than, than everything that would happen in his own life. That God had encountered him because he needed to send him to the children of Israel to bring them out of bondage, to take them out from the taskmasters, from those who were repressing them from those who were, who were basically destroying them and, and everything they were supposed to be. They were supposed to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, but now they were slaves. So Moses is, God says to Moses, listen, I'm, I'm gonna take you, Moses, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you to Egypt, to the children of Israel. You gotta bring them out. You gotta bring them out. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go? to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. Now watch this, because you've read this so many times, but maybe you've never seen it. So he said, I will certainly be with you. Everybody look at me. What does Moses do? God says, listen, Moses, my children, my people, they're in bondage, and, and I'm, and I'm going to send you to them. Now you must remember Moses has just encountered God. His heart is changing. His life is being transformed right there in that moment. He's no longer the same anymore. Just like you and I when we get saved, right? So God says to Moses, listen, I'm going to send you. Moses says, no, God, no, 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 not me. Who am I? So God says, listen, Moses, it's not about you. He says, I will be with you. Moses says, no, God, not me. I can't do it. So God says, I will be with you, Moses. Do you get it? You don't get it. Come on. Somebody please tell me that you get it. This is so powerful. Moses says, who am I that I shall go? And God says, I will certainly be with you. Moses, don't you understand that what's taken place with you today is going to change you forever. I am now with you. And when I send you, I will be with you. 
You see, when you get saved, you need to remember that God is now with you. The Holy Spirit lives with you and He abides in you. You needed to be here last night. It was good, I'm telling you. Get the CD or the online whatever thing that we do nowadays. I've got to figure out how to say that properly. He says, I will certainly be with you and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. Thus is my name forever, and this is a memorial to all generations. Now watch what he says. The next thing that comes out of his mouth, he says, Go! Everybody say, Go! He tells Moses, listen, this is who I am, Moses. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am the God of your ancestors. Moses, don't worry because I'm going to be with you. I know you can't do it. I got you covered, Moses, because I'm going to go with you. Are you with me? And when you tell them, and once they begin to understand who I am, everything changes. And he says, I want you to go. He says, go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob appeared to me saying, I have surely visited you and seen what is done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. There's a lot of sites there. Now watch, to the land flowing with milk and honey. This is so powerful. I want you to understand that, that this is a type and shadow for you as the church that comes out of bondage. You see, when you're not saved, you're in bondage, just like the children of Israel were in bondage. So what did God do? God encountered someone, touched him, changed him, and sent him to go and be a deliverer. You see, when God comes upon your life, He delivers you first, and then He causes you to also become a deliverer. So Moses goes and brings the children of Israel out. I just want to point one thing out, just a little side rabbit run note here for you. He tells Moses, go and tell them, I'm going to take them to the land of milk and honey. Do you know when they crossed the Jordan into the land flowing with milk and honey, they went into war? Why did God not tell them about that part? You see, the key was this, that He would be with them. And every time Israel went with that knowledge and followed and obeyed Him, they would be victorious. No one could curse Israel. All of Israel's calamity was their own doing. 
And so it is in the life of every believer today. God has given you everything you need to walk in deliverance, in freedom, in healing, in His power, to be transformed and changed, to never be the same again. You can do it. You can, because He's done everything. Listen, so God does this for the children of Israel. Then He decides to do this amazing thing. He decides that He wants to save the whole world. And He loves you. So what does He do? For God so loved the world. He so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son who came down and became a living sacrifice so that you and I could also come out of our Egypt and be saved and be free and be healed and be delivered. Jesus did it. He gave His life for you and I so that we could experience that liberty, that freedom, access to God's presence. What the saints of old, what the, what the believers of old in the Old Testament, what they didn't have, we have. We are so privileged. So God sends His only Son to do this. And He's called each and every one of us, once we've experienced His goodness, to do the same. You see, Jesus knew that in order for this to happen, in order for the world to be saved, He would have to send people out. Now watch this. Let's go in our Bibles to Matthew 9, Matthew 9, verse number 35. Matthew 9, verse 35. Jesus starts His ministry. He goes about doing good, healing all that are oppressed by the devil. He lays hands on the sick. They recover. People encounter Jesus. Their lives are forever changed. But when He starts His ministry, it starts small. Just a small ministry, just a few guys. And as it begins to grow and people begin to come, those that were with him, that were close to him, he, he, does, he, 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 he does something amazing with them. Because he ran into a problem. He realized that this message has to get out there. This, this that he's doing, this deliverance, this healing, this breakthrough, this setting people free and people coming to the knowledge of God and walking in this liberty and freedom. It had to be shared. It had to go out. He had, he had a problem. Jesus could only be at one place at one time. So Matthew 9 says this. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude, watch this, when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no sheep. Jesus realized that the task was becoming too much for him alone. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray that the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Let's go to Mark 6 verse 7. Mark 6 verse 7. Shortly after he makes this statement, in Mark 6 7 he says this, and he called the 12 to himself and began to send them out two by two. And look at what it says next, and gave them power over unclean spirits. Why? Because God's in the business of setting people free. God's in the business of bringing people out of bondage. God's in the business of breaking depression. God's in the business of breaking fear. 
God's in the business of taking you out of that, that shame and that, and that guilt and that brokenness. He's in the business of doing that. That's what He does. So He says, listen, you 12, you've been with me. What's happened to the 12? What happened to the 12 is what happened to Moses. Moses encountered the burning bush. The disciples encountered the burning bush as well. His name is Jesus. So he said to them, listen, you've, you've been with me. It's time for you to go out. And he sends out the 12. And the 12 come back. And in verse 12, Mark 6, 12, this is what, what they say. So they went out and preached that people should repent. It's a good message then. And they cast out many demons. There's the emphasis again. And anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. So the 12 go out. Jesus' ministry is growing and he's, a, he's now pointed 12 others and they go out, they come back and they say, Lord, you're not gonna believe what happened. But we went out, we prayed for the sick and they got healed. We laid hands on, on people and demons were coming out of them. People were being free. How did this happen? And what he wants to say to them, you've been with me. See, every believer is supposed to be with him. And when you are with Him, you are changed. You are transformed. You're not the same anymore. See, what happens nowadays is people get saved and all they want is my job. Because of course you can do way better than me. Right? But the fact is, is that there is a lot of people out there that need to be saved. Let me ask you a question. Have you started in your house? Have you started at your workplace? Or are you such a horrible boss that no one will believe that Jesus is real? Oh, I'll calm down. It's okay, my wife, I can see. <laughs> All right. I really do love you, but I've got to tell you the truth. Is that okay? No, but you want my job? Okay, no, I'll stop. Okay. All right. Oh, no. Jesus, take the wheel. Because <laughs> there's a lot of me rising up right now and I need to calm down. Okay, all right. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. You see, what we think is that the, the ministry... And, and, and spreading the gospel is going to take place here. Listen, the church is to empower you, to equip you, to cause you to rise up into who you're called to be. But your ministry begins out there. Listen, all the disciples, every one of them, they did not become the great anything. They started with Jesus. They served. They went out. They began to minister out there. And when the time was right, that's when they did what they were called to do in a greater measure. But every one of us is called to be a disciple. Watch this. So the 12 come back. Jesus is, is excited. Things are going well. But just shortly after this, let's go to Luke 10, verse number 1. Watch what happens. Luke 10, verse number 1. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others. So he starts with 12. The 12 go out and the gospel is spread and people are being touched and healed. So now Jesus, they come back. The ministry's growing. More people are now following. More people are coming. 
So what does Jesus do? He says, okay, you 70, you've been with me now for a while. You've encountered the burning bush. Now it's time for you to also go out. And watch what happens. Watch what he says. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs amongst wolves. Let's go to verse 17, Luke 10, verse 17. Then the 70 returned, watch this now, with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. They come back. They're all excited because now even the demons are responding. Not only, listen, we're not talking about Jesus alone now. We're not talking about the 12 apostles. You know, many people say, well, you know, the Bible was only, you know, the power was only released to the 12. There was nobody else. What about the 70? What about the 70? And oh, by the way, on the day of Pentecost, after many disciples scattered because Jesus was on the cross and He died and they were all, you know, in, 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 most of them denied Him. But now the 70 become 120 on the day of Pentecost and the Spirit falls on all of them. On the day of Pentecost, they have another burning bush experience. And because of that burning bush experience, they are not the same anymore. And they begin to want to go out into the world. But what Jesus does is for, for a short period of time, He spends time with His disciples after He's risen. And after He's risen, He gives them a command. Let's take a look at it. Let's go to Matthew 28, verse 18. Are you guys all okay? Amen. Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, everybody say go. go. Therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Just real quick. Mark 16, 15, the same passage of Scripture. And He said to them, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And then He says, These signs will follow those who believe. In My name they will cast out demons. Let's stop right there. Everybody look at me for a moment. Listen to me, church. This is a season where we have come together, we worship, we praise God. And every time we come here, it is so special. God's presence is in this place. People get saved, people get delivered, people get baptized. But the season has come where you, everybody take your finger and go me. You have been called to be a disciple. God has encountered you because you must go into the world. You must preach the gospel. You need to minister to the broken. Deliverance is on your lips. Deliverance is available to you, not only for you, but for those around you. You have been called. Oh, yes, you have been called. You have been called. You have been called. He has called you to open the eyes of the blind. He has called you to heal the brokenhearted. He has called you to bring deliverance to the captive. He has called you to preach the gospel to every creature. 
The gospel is supposed to go to the ends of the earth. Take a seat for just a moment. Hallelujah. We read about Moses. It's such a great story. Moses has the encounter, but the truth is, is that the purpose he was he had that encounter was to go and set the people free. Jesus poured out His Spirit so that you could encounter Him and love Him and walk with Him all the days of your life. But He also said that you must go. We live in a beautiful city called Vero Beach that has over 120 churches, yet less than a third of our population is saved. Where is the church? We have to go out into the highways, the byways. We cannot expect Pastor Brian and the evangelism team to do it all. Pastor Brian, evangelism team, Noel and Marty and a couple of other guys. Hey, everybody say, hey. hey. It's time that we do it too. It's time that we go out and take the good news. How many of you in this room are grateful for the salvation, the life that you have been given? Well, Pastor Alex, I don't have the personality. Neither did Moses. He said, I can't speak. Are you with me? You don't have to do it like anybody else. God made you just the way you are, put you in the right family, put you in the right circumstances so that He would work everything out. If you say, well, you don't know my family, well, God says that He will work out all things for those who love Him, for the good, for you. So even in your terrible family, you are there for a reason right now. You can bring deliverance. You can bring healing. You can bring change. What about your workplace? You can do it over there. I'm not telling you that you need to, you need to be a Bible basher. But ask the Holy Spirit. God, when I said to the Lord, Lord, what must we do? Must we have more services? Must we go for long? So what must we do? What do you want me to do, God? And, and nothing that I would come out of my mouth would give me any peace. And then I began to pray and, and seek the Lord. And I had a vision. I, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. Whether in my mind or not in my mind, I do not know. But this I know that I saw people from this church standing on the beaches preaching the gospel. I saw tents all over the city with baptismal pools and people preaching the gospel. We have people, we, listen, we have a chiropractor in this church. I've been told, I haven't been there personally, but I've been told that when you walk into his practice, it's like walking into a church service. The presence of God is there. We have people that have businesses. I know, I've been to their businesses. You walk in the place, it feels like you've walked into a church service. The God's presence is there. They are unashamed of the gospel. Well, you know, what if they... Listen, oh, I have to go to places now and still wear a mask. Are you kidding me? Why do I have to submit to what the world says? Listen, you have to be the salt of the earth. You have to be the light in this world. You have to be the one that makes the difference. You have to be the one that presents the difference. And I'm not coming against anybody that wants to wear a mask. I'm just saying, I don't want to submit to something anymore. Are you with me? The evidence is now out. Praise the Lord. I'm not going to get into that. I don't want your emails, okay? I love each and every one of you, maskless or masked. All right, praise the Lord, hallelujah. 
something is changing. But if one thing has become so evident to me, it's like God is saying, it's not going to be in the church, guys. It's got to happen out there. We have to take the church to the world. And if you're someone that really can't do it, take them to cell group, to you groups. Bring them to church. People get saved here every week. But the truth is, just be the light. Love people. Go to your hairdresser. Love them. Show them compassion. When you have that little opportunity, say what you, the Lord puts in your heart. Listen, there are times when, I, when, when, when I'm finished preaching, like, like on a Sunday, I'll go to Publix. And I've learned I need to leave Anastasia in the car. Because between the Holy Spirit and my daughter, they don't leave me alone. One of the two will make me have to do something. I'll be walking down the aisle, go around and see a person, go down the next aisle. We see them a second time. My, my daughter says, that's it. We have to minister to that person. And I'm like, no, this is time for you to be developed. You need to do it. And, she, and it's, it's, it's really annoying. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> I like, I'm in such a bad mood and, you know, I'm just upset and, you know, not feeling spiritual at all. And my daughter will go, Dad, we need to minister to that person. And I know she's right. I know she's right. But everything inside of me, my flesh is going, no. You preached so hard this morning, Alex. You can relax. I want that teller to go to heaven as well. I want the person that helps you take your groceries to, to your car. Listen, when they say, can I push your groceries to the car? You need to go, yes, this is my opportunity. If they say that you're not allowed to tip them, you could say, don't worry, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus. Come on, guys, take every opportunity. Take every opportunity. Listen, you might be the one that they say, well, you know, there's that, there's that Jesus freak. When they need help, they're going to come running to you. Be the light, be the salt. If everyone in this building just brings one person over the next year, no, 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 over the next month to church, what will happen? Well, I don't have really anything to say. What? Once you were lost, but now you have been found. You have tasted the goodness of God, the mercy and the love of God. If you're sitting here and you haven't, you have an excuse. But if you're sitting here and you have, if you are saved, you have a lot to say. Listen, every time I think I'm going to say something fancy, the stupidest stuff comes out of my mouth. And then I watch my daughter do it and she's like a pro. <laughs> so you don't have to be all fancy and theological. Just something little. And I assure you, every single one of you knows unsaved people. I truly believe we can, we can see our city transformed. And I truly believe we're in the season for it. God is doing it. 
but the same sound comes from heaven. Whom shall I send? Who will go for me? You don't have to be the pastor to do it. He even said, if you just believe, I'll give you authority. You will cast out demons. You will lay hands on the sick. You have that in, you have that, it's yours. He gave it to you. Yes, for you, but even more so for this lost and dying world out there. Amen. So go. Don't wait. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, this morning in this place, here we are, God. We truly do. We have a lot to say. Because we are no longer the same. I choose this morning, God, to set my attention on you. The devil so desperately wants to distract us with all kinds of things. But I choose you this morning. And I pray, God, that every encounter, every moment that I've spent in your presence and experienced your goodness, please, Father, let it shine out of my life. Let it shine out of me, Father, in each and every one in this place. Let your light shine in this world. Touch our community, God. There are so many broken and hurting and lost. I ask this morning, Father, that you will touch them and that you will use this church and, and any other church that desires to see this community saved. We stand in unity and agreement, the body of Christ, because we have all tasted and seen and we know that you are good. This morning, I want to thank you, Father, for allowing us to behold your glory. Because the Spirit is the Lord and He dwells on the inside of us. We have been saved and our names are written in the book of life. I pray, God, that when my children look at me, they'll see Jesus. When my wife looks at me, she'll see Jesus. When my employees look at me, they'll see Jesus. When my family looks at me, they'll see Jesus. When the community looks at us, Father, they'll see Jesus. Let this be each and every one of us, God. This is our prayer this morning. Father, we stand this morning and as you have said in your word that the laborers are few, the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. Today we stretch out our arms and say, here we are, Lord. Here we are, send us, God. Send us into the harvest, send us to the broken, send us to the hurting. Bring them to this place, God. Fill this place up, Lord. 
like you have so many times in the past, brought broken people, God. And those broken people love you now. They serve you now. They follow you with all of their hearts. We are so grateful. We are so thankful. And this one thing we know, that it's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by your Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Can I ask every head to just be bowed and every eye closed for just a moment? If you've come here this morning and you don't know Jesus, listen, the Lord is here. The presence of God is here this morning. If you don't know Him and you say, Pastor Alex, this morning, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to be saved. I want to be used. I want to become a deliverer as well. I'm lost. But today I want to serve Jesus. I want to give my heart to Him. If that's you, quickly slip your hand up so I can pray for you. Don't be afraid. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. God bless you. I see that hand. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Say, Pastor Alex, include me this morning in this prayer. Today I want to give my heart to Jesus. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. God bless you. I see that hand over there. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much, young man. God bless you. Anybody else? I see that hand over there. God bless you. Say, Pastor, include me this morning. Quickly slip your hand up. I'll include you. If you've come here this morning and maybe you used to serve the Lord, but you've lost your, your passion, you've lost your zeal, you, you're not really following anymore, you kind of fell back into the things of Egypt, but this morning you say, I want to give my heart back to Him this morning. I want to follow Him. I want to serve Him and I want Him to use me as well. If that's you, slip your hand up. I'll include you in this prayer. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Thank you so much. God bless you, sir. God bless you over there. I see that hand. God bless you, man. Thank you so much. God bless you, young man. Thank you. Last call, if that's you and you say, Pastor, I don't really even know if I'm saved, but I want to make sure that I am saved. I want to give my life to Jesus this morning. I want to be sure of my salvation. Slip your hand up and I'll include you. God bless you. God bless you. Now, can I ask if you raised your hand, don't be afraid. Stand for me real quick. Don't be afraid. Quickly stand up. Come on, church. Let's give them a big round of applause. Stay standing. Stay standing. God bless you. If you raised your hand, don't be afraid. Stand up. Come on. Stand up in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. God bless you. Thank you so much. Quickly come to the front. Don't stay in your seat. Come quickly. Come quickly. Come quickly. Don't be afraid. Come quickly. Come on, let's give them a big round of applause. God bless you guys. God bless you. <clears throat> Sir, I want you to know that God is going to use you so powerfully. 
He's going to use you so mightily. You are going to affect people. This is a new day. God is going to take you and affect you. There are many people that you influence even now. There are people that look up to you. They look to you. But God says that from this moment, I will take your life, turn it inside out and upside down. And the Lord says, I will use you to change your family. And then I will use you to change the world as well. There is a call of God on your life, young man. In the name of Jesus, take it this morning. You know, you can feel it in your heart. You know it's the truth. Amen. Each and every one of you standing here this morning, if you believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose again, that He is the Son of God, if you confess it and believe in your heart, the Bible says you will be saved. If you make that decision this morning, you will be saved. So we're going to pray a prayer together this morning. Pray it from your heart. Amen. Church, let's all stretch our hands out towards them. Let's all pray this prayer together this morning. Let's say, Father, I come to you this morning. I believe Jesus died and rose again. He is the Son of God. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me in your blood. Write my name in your book of life. My life is yours in Jesus' name. Can I have my leaders come real quick, please? I'm going to just bless you guys. God bless you. It's a new day for you. Amen. Amen. All things are new. Amen. Young man, God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Great healing and deliverance and freedom will come to you and to your house. The struggle, the struggle is going to come to an end. Amen. God bless you, young men. You mean business with God today. God bless you, young men. Ma'am, God bless you. God bless you. May the Lord bless you and make He keep you. I'm excited, man, to see where you're going to be in 10 years from now. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Do you know this guy? How do you know him? Okay. Okay. Well, amen. God bless you guys. Bless you, young men. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Great change, eh? A new season. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, if you look behind you, there's somebody behind you we'd like to pray for you. If you look over there, there's that lovely looking pastor over there. You just follow him out. We want to pray for you and just give you some information about what's happened today. God bless you, church. Let's give them a big round of applause. If you can just... Just follow him. Just go with him. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. What's your name? Chris. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Amen. You bring them. Bring them to church. But you don't have to bring them to church to get saved. They can get saved out there. You can bring them to salvation out there and then bring them to church. Amen. God is on the move, guys. It's exciting what the Lord is doing. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We honor you. We worship you. I pray, Lord, that today in this place, this morning in this place, not one person will leave here, God not fully realizing that you are our deliverer.
that you love us so much that you sent your son and now we have fellowship with you. We have intimacy, relationship with you. Lord, I pray that any yoke of bondage be broken. Fear go in Jesus' name. That you bless and strengthen each and every person as they leave this place. In the mighty name of Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We honor you and worship you in Jesus' name. Amen.